Yaka here. In today's episode, we talk about PC stereotypes and our opinions on them. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Busy Adults Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Three hosts with us today, uh, Ray, Yaka, and Monkey. Uh, Drake and Ryder had some ridiculous computer problems today. It died. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, we, I, don't, we don't really know. But Who knows? We haven't heard from him in <laughs> hours. We know his uh, kayak hurt himself. Hurt him, so. Yeah. Wait, did he say his kayak, like, fell on top of no, him or the cats or something? So he was, avoid- he was avoiding the cats to fix the computer, and instead he hurt himself on his kayak crate. So now he oh. said, fuck it, I'm gonna hurt the cats next time. I don't care. Oh, I see. It, that's his yeah. skin. Yeah, so he's got a, a nasty... Um, a lesion. Yes. I wouldn't call it a cut, but I wouldn't call it a bruise. It's kind of in between. A lesion? I love so. that movie. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, This is why... We stay away from Yaka. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. This is the only time that we talk to Yaka is on um, Tuesdays when we record and on Fridays when we Everything play Everything has game. to be social yeah. distance so you can just shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yaka comes around on like texting us and calling us and I'm like, I'm sorry, we're social distancing. I can't It's talk just to like you. the dog that's on the other side of the fence. Hey! 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 Hey, you there? Hey! <laughs> Hey, I see you. <laughs> and you just, you just kind of turn away slowly. Yeah. And ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love Yaka. We do. We all love each other. It's a big old cuddle fest. Yeah. A socially distant cuddle fest. <laughs> Didn't used to be. It used to be hugs it all around. Were, that's true. Before the, before the end times. For that damn motherfucker <laughs> ate that motherfucking times. bat over in fucking oh, China. Jesus. Thank you, asshole, who ate the bat in China. We hate you. I don't even know if that's how it actually started. I don't. Know I don't trust. If that's the what would have happened, Ozzy would have gave it to us a long time ago. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But Ozzy, he has so many drugs in him. I'm pretty sure that killed the disease right then and there. His blood is probably just straight up formaldehyde. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's why he's not dead yet? <laughs> Because he's been dead for yeah. years now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So welcome to the fourth episode of Busy Adults. Busy Adults. Are you making up the fun times? You're making up the songs else. again. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to add. No, nope. no. Nope. So I hope you enjoyed the actual song <laughs> and not Ray's made up one. <laughs> But. I've been singing a lot. We we were talking with each other like before the recording started for a good half an hour. Actually, more it's like an hour, really, because uh, of Drake and Ryan. Yeah, we were waiting for him. We were holding out hope that he would be able to join us this evening. We were, but we're all busy adults and we can't wait any longer. And he said, just go right ahead. So we're yeah. going right ahead. And Plus he has to work yeah. in a, like a couple hours, so... You know, busy adults. Busy adults. So we're scrapping what we were going to do and just coming with something on the spot. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about today is like overused tropes 
uh, with the classes in D&D, uh, or just other tabletop role-playing games that implore these same classes. Uh, we have, you know, the, the rogue, the warlock, the bard, barbarian, paladin, druid, cleric, monk, and ranger. We might be able to talk about all of them, maybe not, but we're just going to be talking about overused character stories or descriptors for these classes. And I'm sure a lot of them you people already know about. So even if we don't get to everything, you have an idea in mind. I feel like me and Ray are going to default to like, oh, we saw that in Critical Role. And like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's a lot of just like, oh, yeah, I saw that on the internet. Or, oh, yeah, I had that really great idea. Oh, but it's been done a million times. Okay, right. fuck it. I'm not afraid yeah. of it. I... No. Yeah. I mean, I love I love Critical Role as much as the next person. You know, I know other stuff too. <laughs> Yaka, I know things. I know stuff. you know things. things it's creepy stuff. how much you know about them. <laughs> like you could you could literally replace Danny. <laughs> no, as no, no, Master. no! Absolutely yes. not! Yes. Absolutely not! Don't listen, people. People of the internet listening to this, don't at me. I am not going to replace Danny. She knows much more than I do. She's the official lore keeper of Critical Role, and I am not coming for her. Yaga, you take that back. We're gonna take you take down, it back. Critical Role. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So if you do want to at her, just to complain. Oh it's, gosh. Uh, on Twitter, <laughs> at Mean Cleric. That's me. Yep. At mean cleric. Mean Go cleric. Yep. Okay. Mean That's... cleric. M e n c l e r i c. Dang! I just got doxxed on my own <laughs> podcast. So yeah, if you guys want to complain or even you know send some love, uh, go right ahead. Or um, if you want to send some love to our actual podcast, it's at busy adults with two D's for D and D. Um. Mean cleric, okay. that's not a trope. Hey, thanks for bringing it back on topic. Mean cleric is not a trope. But do you know what is a cleric trope? The hyper, super religious cleric. Hey. I guess that's the first one we're going to talk about I'm the master today. of segues, what can I say? It's, it's not a segue if you point out. That it's a segue after you do the segue. I, well, it's, it is. <laughs> I mean, it was a successful segue. It was. But now we're going off it, topic again. So let's, yeah. let's bring it right back to that religious cleric. Yeah, super religious cleric. And I mean, okay. So here's the thing. As somebody who has played multiple clerics in D&D games, um, that's where you get your power is from your god. It's pretty easy to fall into the super religious cleric trope, you know, um, always praying or always trying to like cast commune, <clears throat> which is a 5e spell, uh, always like trying to like be pious or pray for other people or do what was one of the things uh, like uh, death rites or something like that, just being overly about your god i mean that's that's kind of what a cleric is but you don't have to fall into that category of super evangelical christian type cleric yeah like you don't have to pray all the time or try and push it 
um, on other people and stuff like that. You, you don't. You get your power from your God. Yeah, absolutely. And that's fantastic. Doesn't mean that you have to throw it in everybody's face because most of them don't give a shit. <laughs> kind of like real life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. So. Oh, for real. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the overly religious cleric is a typical trope. It is something like, okay, if you're a new player getting into it, absolutely go with it. Because it's something that is familiar to you, and it makes sense. But if you've got a couple characters under your belt, a few campaigns, you should try something else. Uh, Even if it's the first time you're playing a a cleric, you know how it works. Pick something else. For sure. Yeah, but what if and kind of. But what if you're like me, ahead. and like I would play that super religious cleric just to annoy people a little bit, you know? Just you every once in a while, throw it in a there. super. You would turn it into a super crazy douche cleric. <laughs> douche cleric. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that evangelical like crazy super church kind of cleric. That everybody except for their specific followers hates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but all you so need I, is the yeah, love of God. I played two clerics. You don't need the love of everybody. Oh. It's just Jesus the love of God. Fucking <laughs> and that's where that's where we move into the stupid, dumb barbarian that just wants to smash shit. <laughs> because Yeah, we're we're moving on. Clerics, yeah. listen, you got your God. You got your power from your God. Awesome. Great. Please don't shove it in our faces. We know your God's cool. He gives you the power. He heals us. You resurrect us. Awesome. Go pray on your own time. Yep. And if your God steps in and we see it, yeah, we believe you. You have a God. Don't keep shoving it in our faces, even though we know it's true. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gods aren't like an... Oh my god, you know, oh, I pray to this mysterious being. No, gods are real. Yeah. They're there. Everybody knows that you would be silly, you know, to be an atheist type character because you see the work of whatever gods, you know, or that are in your world happening in front of you all the time. You're not dead because of those gods on and ba- on a daily basis. Yeah. So like we we know like your god's cool awesome <laughs> thanks yeah that's it <laughs> that's thanks. it <laughs> thanks and if you if you do kind of you know go out there and get crazy with it again you've got that big dumb stupid barbarian who's just going to tell you to shut up and smash i love okay i love the big stupid barbarian i love smashing like we're on the same page no i'm just a i'm just a fan (laughs) i'm just a fan of himbos in general yes i love a good himbo yes yaka Uh, is looking confused (laughs) another word i'm going to teach you today isn't that a bone in the body (laughs) a himbo no a himbo like a bimbo but for a him a himbo it's like a yeah like a boy bimbo. Like a boy bimbo. And you can't say, you can't say babimbo. Babimbo. That would that would be silly. So it, they call them word, himbos. Babimbo. Just, just big, strong, dumb. It's a. Yep. I personally love himbos, 
But in the D&D or tabletop role-playing game realm, it's a little overplayed. Like, intelligence and wisdom don't need to be your dump stat if you're a barbarian. Although, if you're doing it in a funny way, I will allow it sometimes. Like, I had... I made my... uh, If you guys remember that one shot we did, that one... um, dragon uh born barbarian yes so you you can play the stupid dumb barbarian if you do it in hilarious ways if if you're not just like oh i don't know what that is oh um, uh what's that don't don't do that kind of thing but if you just want to be like i'm fucking punching this magic mirror because i hate i'm pissed off do it do it and see what the fuck happens well, like, to me, I, would I, you can, okay, you considered that where you're just punching random shit as a barbarian. Now, if you get really pissed off and you're playing off that rage, yeah, yeah. and if we go with, which I think is in the same vein as stupid barbarian, Grog from Critical Role, I think that's super iconic, but he's not this ragey, ragey dude all the time. Like, he's got things that piss him yeah. off in his uh, character, you know? Yep. It's not just. Oh, I get angry and hit stuff because that's what I do. Yeah. Like yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. A little more depth. Yeah, I think he does yeah, he does Travis Willingham does do the stupid or dumb type of barbarian class very well. You know, he role played the intelligence score beautifully. Because he wasn't just a bumbling, you know, mouth breather that was drooling, you know, and didn't, he didn't know common things. Like, he didn't know letters. He didn't know how to read. That's fine. (laughs) People that don't know how to read still know how to, like, drive a car. They still, you know, know how to do things in a regular life. They just don't know how to read. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a typical thing. Just because you don't know how to do something, like one or two things, doesn't mean you're dumb. You can not know things and still be pretty intelligent. Take Yaka for yeah. example. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just go with that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She's not. Finish, in a finish the I'm... example. <laughs> No, I take it all back. I'm oh so sorry. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm not. I think uh, she didn't push the envelope. <laughs> that makes me rage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's another good one? What else do we got? Uh, uh, let's start at the top of the list. We got the okay. loner rogue at the top of the list. <clears throat> you know, I'm a lone wolf. Live alone, die alone. Yeah, I don't need anybody. Nobody needs me. I mean, except for the rest of the party that yep. needs you to check for traps right. yep. ent- <laughs> for the rest of the campaign. Yep. Yeah. And you know, your parents died when you were when you were a baby or when you were little. Oh yeah, and, the orphan trail. Yeah, and now you've you've gone into the thieves guild and they've raised you and and now you're on your own. Yeah, no, well, it's boring. Nobody cares. I mean, I've heard it for the ranger, but it kind of also works for the rogue. Is it just seems like any class that you get a lot of uh, skills in, you tend to 
be a loner sometimes because you can do pretty much everything by yourself. So then to me, you almost have to role play why you need the party. You know, what what is your end goal? A lot of times it would be for, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like you have, you have a good set of skills, but there are specific ones you don't have and you need people to fill those gaps. Right. Um, that's, that's more of what I would say it is, or you're kind of using them for an end goal. Yeah. So, but I mean, you could also torture people. Well, yeah, but I mean, so can the wizard or the warlock or the bard. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Or, I mean, as long as you get creative, I mean, you don't necessarily need a high charisma. I mean, you can just torture it out of somebody. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Well, what is intimidation? Isn't that a strength-based check? Charisma. I'm pretty sure. Is it? Is it? I'm gonna check. Because intimidation is your words and stuff like that. I don't think it's necessarily strength. I would assume that intimidation is a presence. Right, which is a personality, which is charisma. Because charisma is not just like how you look, it's your personality. I mean, yeah, that's fair. That is a fair assessment of charisma. Charisma is intimidation. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different system that uses strength. Maybe it was Pathfinder that we played. Maybe. That intimidation was strength-based. It's been, what, two, three years since we played Pathfinder? Yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah, yeah. it could be. It's been a while. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean... Uh, conversely on the side of your point yaka about having all of these skills i mean maybe somebody taught them to you yeah Yeah. you don't have to necessarily be alone somebody could teach you how to track how to you know safely lock pick or how to steal things and yeah you know your family don't necessarily have to have been brought up on the streets or right. you know been an orphan in the gutters to learn all that stuff on the road right like, i mean that's and... what i kind of wrote it with yoro yeah yeah your family business yeah, it was type a family deal business so. kind of deal so but i mean to me like he can still that's the what i think the rogue excels at is being able to go off by yourself and handle things by yourself Certain but, things, you know, fighting the big bad guy by yourself, probably not. <laughs> let let me throw that arcane things. Let's throw the dumb no. barbarian in there to take some hits for me. <laughs> <laughs> Distract him. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's one of the good things about uh, at least five E or that we've seen. It's pretty balanced for like a full party. Yeah, the rogue has a lot of skills in X, Y, and Z, but you know, the cleric or the ranger make up for it in their other skills. And it's not one class necessarily is stacked against everybody else, even the bard. Yeah. The bard's just good, good general all around. Like, they're not really good at one thing, it seems like. Right, but they're not, they're not, 
I don't think that they have like a million skills and a million everything compared to everybody else. The spells make it more generalist than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously subclasses yeah. give you specializations. Um, well, like they, and yada if yada. You get the thing it's the lore bard. Like you get a shit ton of skills, but like oh yeah, that's true. But that's at true. the same time, yep. it's like I feel like the other classes sometimes exceed more with their features. I guess yep. than the bard would. Yeah. And again, that's where the Bard's more of a generalist on almost everything, and they don't really excel in one specific piece. Um, unless, again, you go through a subclass and you just go at that subclass and don't really pay attention to anything else they can do. Speaking of Bards, <laughs> another sort of tropey uh, character or class uh, characteristic would be the horny bard or the seduction bard. The bard we all know. that wants yeah, we all know. to fuck the dragon. Every time. Every time. Yeah. That's the one we're talking about. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with going into a tavern <laughs> and trying to flirt out a deal on some rooms for staying the night. That's fine. Everybody, anybody can do that. It doesn't have to be a bard. It could be anybody attempting to do that. But it's always the bards trying to fuck the dragons. Yeah. Like, it's always them trying to, you know, give uh, the sexy eyes to the queen at uh-huh. the, you know, uh-huh. at the table right next to the king. Like, it's always what? the bard that's Why just the queen? trying to fuck everybody. Why just the queen? You can do it to the <laughs> king, baby. The queen. Well, that's, I mean, when the king isn't looking. No, well, you just give I mean, him the eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, she's good. Or, I mean, but if, I he's, know some if he's not looking. <laughs> <laughs> or if he's not looking, you know, a little, little reach around. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. God, you love a good reach. You love to see it. I mean, <laughs> not I love. every time. I like the one we built, or I built for the, for our fuck around campaign. And like, yes. I was like, yeah, I specifically want to do this. <laughs> and Ray's like, okay, we'll do that. That sounds fun. And then you guys picked up on it right away, and you're just like, wow, a bard that doesn't want to fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn, there goes my whole fucking character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. where the trope kind of backfired, um, because we were totally expecting him of all people to play the horny bard. He is literally the exact opposite of what we thought he was going to be, which is why we caught it so quickly, <laughs> because we were expecting him to just fuck everybody in the tavern that we started in. Another trope, by the way. You can. One... The starting people and starting your party in a tavern. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a pretty classic it is. D&D trope. You find yourself in a tavern. Yep how it most of the time starts either that or you're coming out of some academy um we did that the very first D game we played with um draken rider you're coming out of an academy you guys are fresh recruits you all party in the tavern so we did both of them at the same time yeah it was a twofer yeah yep <laughs> But, you know, while we're talking about tropes in general, there's a reason that these are tropes and people use them time and time again, because they might not necessarily be like 
classic things to fall back on, but they're familiar things for people to fall back on. So for new users or new players, it's easier to introduce them to a horny bard. It's easier to introduce them to your ranger, which is modeled after Legolas. <laughs> like, because yes. everybody is familiar with that sort of character, so it makes it easier for them. Yep, yeah. and I can say the same thing with uh, new DMs. You're, you don't really know where to start. Um, you could pick up a module. Absolutely, go for it. But if you're doing a homebrew thing like we do, most of the time, if you're new, you're probably going to start in a tavern, which is fine. Start in a tavern. But again, if you're experienced, like I've said before, you should probably do something different because it's getting... Well, one, one of my favorite out. things yeah. to do is, <clears throat> whether it's character creation or I've seen how to start diff- how to start the campaign differently or whatever. Pinterest, dude, like they just have... You just look up tips for whatever game hooks um like some of the crazy ones i've seen is you go to sleep one of you wakes up in the middle of the night and there's like a whole city not too far from you cloaked in fog that wasn't there before and you're just it just like cool little game hooks it's a little to do that's what i like and just go to pinterest like look up stuff online so it's not so stale and stagnant just do something creative. You, yeah. you don't have to come up with everything yourself. Like sometimes you can yep. steal or you can just use it for inspiration for something else. Yeah, there's another nice resource that I've used in the past as both a player and a GM. Um, and I can't think of his name, but he runs the YouTube channel, How to Be a Good GM oh, yeah. or How to Be a Good Player. Uh, British yes. or Like not... Yeah, yeah, um no, actually Af- I think he's yeah, South Af- African. The dude's yeah. hilarious. He's good. I love him. His name is Guy, uh, but I can't think of what his last name is. Yeah. Um link link to the YouTube channel yeah, man. in the He's excellent. I really below. enjoy his. Yeah. Right, because he's not giving you a list of hey, these are 10 ways or 10 things for you to play your you know, you're rogue as he's giving you ways to think about, okay, pick a book off of your shelf. You got the book. All right. Think about the setting. Think about like, he's giving you ways to figure out how to make a original character. I do quotes original character (laughs) because I have the opinion that there is no such thing as an original character. We'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I plan on... That's a full... I'm devil's advocate 100% (laughs) with you on that. Yeah, that's a full (laughs) conversation for another time. But, you know, he has a lot of good videos on how to put together, like, how to do world building, how to do character backstories, and how how to figure out what you should be doing um or not what you should be doing but what you can be doing yeah he's definitely a great resource to pull from um even if you're just interested like you've never played before watch him he'll give you a lot of ideas yeah man i i really dig his stuff like yeah he gives he gives you the lists of 10 things not to do when rolling dice or whatever it is i haven't watched his dm stuff because i don't dm but 
like he does a one on the rogue and he literally talks about don't do the stereotype of oh i gotta do blah 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 he's like take that stereotype and go why and then figure out what branches you can go off of it he's like because once you just like break that first branch from the stereotype you can usually just go blah blah blah, blah and it's totally different yeah Yep, and exactly. use the backgrounds. Yes. So all, most, I shouldn't say most, some of the books, the um, core rule book and uh, what? Um, Xanathar's. Yeah, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And a couple others, like I think Guide to Wildmount. Um, yeah. All of those have backgrounds in them. Now, you don't have to use those. You don't. But what they're really great for is resources. Those are your backstories, or can be a part of your backstory. They give you, you know, items, gold. Uh, some of them give you spells, um, uh, contacts, stuff like that. But if you don't want to use them, at least use them as a resource to create your own background or backstory. Obviously with DM approval, but use them. They're fantastic. I have um, uh, Illusion Wizard that I rolled up who has a really cool kind of backstory where he's kind of like a double agent for some kind of thieves guild. I forgot what it was exactly called, but he's a spy from this other place, but he's in a guild, an artisan guild to kind of spy on them and their finances and this and that. Um, But little twist in it is he's in love with one of the people in that other guild. <gasps> Romeo so, and that's one of the uh, <laughs> I know but that's one of the official um, backgrounds so absolutely look at them they have your like a lot of non-trope backgrounds along with a few trope backgrounds like you've got the hermit and the scholar whatever but use them they are fantastic resources for not following the usual like I do like it because it does randomize it so you can get multiple characters out of it but what i like to do is roll all the dice complete the whole thing randomly and then just pick out the stuff i don't like because i have a better idea that's what i do it's like yeah rolled it out he's a whole character but cherry pick what i want yeah because again you don't have to use Mm -hmm. what they give you just as a resource it even tells you it's great use it as a guide it's great it is. Uh, on that note, we are going to take a short break, a short rest. Ha <laughs> And Ha-ha. we will be right back. Welcome back to the Busy Adults Podcast, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because over here all yeah. God okay. damn! Now I gotta listen to multiple tracks to edit this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh we gosh. try and get Ray to do it every time because it helps a uh, lot to do the sound editing and yada yada. But you know what? Fuck I mean, shit. We're, we're going balls to the wall. I'm an asshole. I understand. Like I have, I have sympathy, empathy, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, um, welcome yeah, back. Dur- so, yeah, during our break, I was thinking a little bit what we were just talking about using the backgrounds. Um, and 5e does a really good job of the like the bonds and the flaws and all of that stuff like that. So it helps you flesh out your character either by rolling randomly or just using the table and cherry picking what, you know, looks like it would work best for you. Um, It just makes roleplay so much easier when it's handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, another thing we mentioned before the break, the Legolas Ranger. Uh, (laughs) I love the two different reactions. Yaka, yes! Monkey, ugh. I'm just tired of it. I am. I mean, it's it's one everybody knows. Everyone wants to be Legolas. Yeah. (laughs) Level one, you're not Legolas. You are... The Skyrim Town Guard who took an arrow. To yes, the that's exactly what you mean. are. <laughs> you are that guard. You have taken an arrow to the knee because somebody shot you, and you suck. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fallback because you know it's an iconic ranger archer type of person. You know, if you think about you know the most notable or the easiest easiest recognizable ranger your first thoughts are either going to be legolas or robin hood yeah pretty much or men and tights <laughs> see if you okay if you play robin hood men in tights i am all for it <laughs> right please please can we have a campaign where we're all just yes. robin hood men in tights <laughs> yes <laughs> well, i can't remember who it is but i watched something about um they're about clerics, and it's just like they're so OP, and you can heal. It's like you could have a party of clerics and they heal each other. You call them the A team, Amen team, or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, but that would be really good, almost as good as a full bard party. Like, I yeah. just think it's cool that Legolas is so iconic in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But like when I was building my old character, Yaka. Um, I tried to get away from it, and I was like, what can... Because I kind of wanted to be like this archer where it's one hit, and it does a lot of damage. So yeah, that's what I was trying to, to build them as. Yeah, you were like Which the hunter that mercenary. that was possible in Pathfinder. Oh, yeah. In Pathfinder, yeah. When you're doing like hundreds of points of damage against one thing. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to get over AC instead of trying to split up all my attacks and then like all the hit hit die are low. Cause it's yeah, which is kind of what I did with my monk. Right. Yeah, you want 14 attacks? Go right ahead. But you gotta beat that AC. Yeah. Sorry. So You guys had formulas. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> yeah full on formulas yes. based on what like decisions I wanted to make. So if I wanted to like do extra damage okay, well, I got to use this formula now. And it's like seven different things I'm adding up and then multiplying it at the end. And yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It took me, I think, every round, three minutes, three, four minutes, just add everything up. So yeah. the DM at the time was Drake and Ryder. He would just move on to the next person. He's like, okay, just tell me what it is and move on. Just to keep things going. I took a short rest and... during your turn, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. 
so yeah pathfinder it's pretty crazy the numbers that it comes up with um 5e does a good job at kind of curbing that yeah it's much more accessible and streamlined i think maybe are the words that we're looking for yeah for sure um but back to the legolas ranger um (laughs) again if you're new go ahead and fill the trope um do it it's something familiar uh lord of the rings does a great job at kind of giving everybody something that they can kind of feel familiar with but uh if you're an experienced player pick something else make somebody else do something like i've got a kenku ranger right now and he's all about like finding and stealing magic items so and drinking and drinking excessively because that's his character flaw based on the backstory or the background uh-huh. um yeah so he is he's a a bird who can't really talk but mimics everything because that's what kenkus do and he drinks excessively while trying to steal magic items and magic in general i love being an enabler oh. for your for for my little bird friend you have bought me so much for an ale and expensive wine <laughs> it's been fantastic oh. <laughs> until that one time when i took it away i was because yeah. you kept you kept killing What's it? What's your name, Maxwell. Yaka? <laughs> Maxwell. Yep. And all of it was on accident too. That's the thing. It just oh. there was so many ones, and the DM's like, "Yeah, he's right behind the guy you're shooting at, so you're gonna hit him. Right. Roll for damage." <laughs> I mean, shit, you were even doing target practice and hit me. Yeah. Yep. It was rough. Yep. Like I literally think so. you're out to get me. You've shot me that many times. Cook, cook the bird. <laughs> Cook the bird. I've got 20 other characters to fill the God spot. Damn. I mean, I'm oh waiting gosh. for that fireball spell. <laughs> <laughs> or that delayed fireball I showed you guys the other day. Oh no, that's waiting That's waiting yeah. too long. <laughs> oh man. That's the long so game, bruh. So good. Alright. Uh, who's next? Let's see. Let's go... Uh, let's leave um, this one for last. Okay. Let's go for the the goody goody paladin, the lawful stupid paladin. Oh, yes. <laughs> as some would call I it. Hate yep. that one. So the nice thing about five E is they're no longer restricted by their alignment. Yes. If Love you want to be like a chaotic evil paladin, you can. It's not. You right. don't even have to be an oathbreaker paladin to be no. a lawful evil nope. paladin yeah. either. Yeah. You, you can do whatever you want. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, don't be a chaotic evil paladin unless you're playing an evil campaign, because that's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good trope, a murder hobo. Yeah. Yeah, which everybody likes that. falls into at some point. I'm sorry. Yeah. You do. Yeah, I mean, if it's the group, if everybody all at once is acting in that manner that are burning towns and getting <laughs> money... Like, I mean, that's just what that campaign is going to be until the DM decides enough of this bullshit and has you all arrested or tpk you know, TPK'd or what have you. But, yeah. you know, it's easy to be a goody goody paladin. It's easy to, um, you know, I see the best in people and I'm going to, uh, here, young lady, let me help you across the road. And you're not a you don't have to be a boy scout no but it's easy to kind of fall into it because that's how a paladin is seen they're yep. seen as you know like a protector of the people or you know it's 
It's a little tired to be goody-goody. I would much rather see a paladin who has a drinking problem or a paladin who, you know, likes to go to the House of Lady Favors. Um, some Somebody who isn't completely Superman. Yeah. Like, do something bad. Well, that's bad. the whole point of a flaw, right? I mean, you have to have a flaw in yes. 5e. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't, I mean, you don't have, have to, to, but, but it's like, it's yeah. good to build the character with. I mean, if it you don't is. have a flaw, I don't think he's interesting. Like, he's got a goal, no. but he's got nothing that will hold him back from getting it. Like, it's just too unchained. Yeah. I mean, even, so even my paladin that I play in our regular campaign, um, he is a more typical goody-goody paladin. He is. But he's also addicted to gambling. So there's that. He gambles. Um, he will suggest that a certain member of our party does certain bad things if I'm not paying attention. Um, and things of that nature. But for the most part, he is a goody-goody paladin. He wants everybody to be friends. He wants to help everybody that he can. And so on and so forth. Although he is a tiefling at the same time. So he's a little demon boy paladin. I love it. The dichotomy. Yeah, so that adds a little bit of a crazy aspect to it, um, which may or may not affect him down the road. We'll see. Uh, it Oh, it has it, it started to it affect him. It has started. It has started to creep up, but it has not affected his day-to-day life as of yet. Oh, boy. Which, yeah, yeah, you don't know about no. it yet, Yaka. No, I don't. Um, so oh, you don't? We were secret. Yes, yes. But that's okay. That's why I'm not alluding to I mean, there else. was something... Yeah, we didn't say anything. I mean, the really. only thing we really saw was with um, Aaliyah in that, the yeah. Yeah, warlock. So, but like, yep. that was fixed pretty rapidly. <laughs> 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 well, not the not the build up to the fight, but like during the fight when it's like, oh yeah, that didn't do as much damage as you thought it did. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, actually, since Dragonrider isn't here, I doubt he's going to listen to this episode. We're roughly 40 minutes in. Yeah. He's not going to listen. Hey, guys, peek behind the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're going behind the DM screen, guys. This is a very rare moment for us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so, actually, no, maybe I'm not going to talk about it. Big talk. Great. Oh, you can talk about a little tiny a bit of it. I'd say what a tease. I know I'm a cock tease. No, so the item in question, uh, what had happened was Monkey was able to craft an item uh, using you know his own hands and imbuing a bit of magical quality within this item. Uh, the warlock in the group. The edgelord warlock in the group. <laughs> which we'll talk trope, about later. Which we'll talk about in just a second here. <laughs> um, they have been exhibiting very evil tendencies. And so Monkey imbued some of his good spirit within this talisman that he gave to the warlock in good faith. Like, hey, I see you going down a bad road. Just... I don't know if you care or if you want to, you know, try to think of the other side. But if you do, <coughs> here is this trinket that I made for you. Um, just hold on and think about it. Like, just try to 
think about you know good stuff when you when you hold it and uh almost immediately the warlock was like okay i hold it and it starts to like sizzle in the evil warlock's hand and And so the so the warlock was like oh it's it's you know there's some kind of curse on this and so they tried to put it on a homeless person and bad (laughs) to burn the homeless person in the name of my paladin yeah so the warlock is was not happy with this they ended up uh sort of making some adjustments to the talisman but it did obtain or it did keep the good energy that monkey had put into it the warlock we then entered combat uh a little bit later in the session and they used that talisman on their book because they are a I think they're a, like not a great old one. The tome packed. one. Yeah, they're yeah they're a tome tome packed warlock, uh, and so the warlock put the talisman on the tome. Well, this talisman is good. It's it has imbued with it good energy, and it counteracted with the evil energy in the tome. So when the warlock did cast a fireball, it was a diminished fireball. They didn't bother to ask why. They just took the the beautiful trinket that Monkey made and, and was like, they "Fuck this shit!" <laughs> yeah, that, and they they just and that's threw it out. And I'm for like, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that may come back to not bite anybody in the butt but it it may come back as a subject at some point in time if you notice that the talisman is gone <laughs> yeah yeah i i didn't she throw it at yes me yeah i thought so oh i didn't think she yeah. threw it at you yeah. i thought i, she I just, think she's like she ripped said it off and i'm gonna it throw it at the dumbass over there that made it yep. and well that can't be anybody but you i know <laughs> so i know <laughs> I know about it. I thought I was going to die that session, so I was like, it's, eh, it's okay. The goody goody paladin. The goody goody paladin. I know. But, you know, that kind of encapsulates our edgelord warlock that's part of the campaign that I'm running yeah. with you guys is, you know, they're evil and they're a loner and they like to make bad decisions and, like, be a murder hobo. Like, really? You can't be. Even a neutral warlock, you gotta just go straight right. evil. Yeah. Come on. Yep. And as a little bit more background into Draken Rider, um, a lot of his campaigns are pretty dark. Um, like the one that we're playing in now that's been on kind of a hiatus because of various reasons. It's a very dark, fucked up campaign. So him playing a very dark, fucked up character is not a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, that's Very true. <laughs> and and the other thing is, we know that that's how the character is. That's not how he is. No. Nobody, you know, I'm... nobody holds it against one another for character choices because we're all friends and we all kind of know the the type of in-game <laughs> choices that we will all make. Yeah. So he's a, he's an edgelord warlock. Eh, it could be more original, right. but he hasn't been a player in a very long time. Yeah. So he's he's able to, you know, he's falling back yeah. on it. Yep. Which, you know. And I mean, he makes happens. up for it in the other campaign with his incredibly original, weird as shit, <laughs> monk rogue combo. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm okay with it. Be the Edge Lord because I know you can do better. Right. And you yeah. need this. Yeah. Oh, Edge Lord. <coughs> All right. Yeah. Speaking of monks. Yeah. Uh, one of the other sort of trope characters when it comes to monks is like a Zen monk that must find balance in the world, usually of Asian descent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be. That's, I mean, in the real world tradition, yeah, that's the case, but not in a place where there's orcs. Well, in in the sense of D&D monk in the real world tradition, yes, Asian. Now, if you've got like a Christian monk. Like a Friar Tuck monk. (laughs) Yeah, that's like running around beating the shit out of people. Go for it. I think it's awesome. Please do. I would love to see a a Friar Tuck just do a fury of blows. I want to see the martial artist Friar Tuck do it. That That, I'm okay with that Zen monk. (laughs) I am. Because that is out of the that's out of the norm. But when you go back to the typical Asian monk, Buddhist monk, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the way I would do it is almost try to be a monk that is not, um, that is not balanced and is finding balance. Because to me, monk is kind of a discipline class. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you're training and you're harnessing your body's power or whatever. So. Well, I mean, there's that's one of the only classes that has, like, little to no magic, mm-hmm. even with the different types of subclasses. Yep. Yeah, the only two I can think of are, like, the Radiant Soul, uh, Radiant Sun, I can't remember, and the Way of Four Elements. And that was just blah. Oh, you mean Aang? <laughs> the shitty Aang. Yeah. yeah. Like. The Aang that's still a five-year-old who barely knows what he's doing. That one. He's going to save the world. Yahoo! (laughs) 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 Yeah, that one. Don't, if you can, don't play the Way of the Four Elements monk. Unless it is the one that has been kind of crowdsourced and fixed. That one's better. I know that you sent me the fixed one. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen the original, or I've seen the original. I just haven't looked into it because I'm not a super martial class type of player. It used so the main main thing about monks is they use their key points to do anything extraordinary. Um, when it comes to the elements monk, their key points are kind of overused. So the very basic things can take maybe three four key points when you have a pool of maybe eight to ten and so you can only really use that once and then maybe do a flurry of blows down the road type deal Uh, it it's not not, very cost effective no it's it's pretty shitty um it makes it from what i've seen the worst subclass in 5e that's that's what I've seen a lot of people say, and I'd have to agree, which is why so many people crowdsourced to get together to fix that subclass, to make it mm. viable. Not OP. It is not OP by any means. It still uses key points, but it makes it more manageable, and it gives you more options as to what you can do with those key points. 
and I think two people oh. just wanted to ha- be able to play it and have that idea yeah. of Aang and the Avatar kind of thing ringing in their head yeah. without going, wow, this is absolute crap. <laughs> yeah, because who doesn't want to be an Avatar? I mean, I mean it, I'd love to play it once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to be um, a kineticist in Pathfinder mm-hmm. um, before we stopped, is because a kineticist is a bender. They are a bender. They just add in like a psychic element to it at some point, but that's what See, they are. When you, my first thought with kineticist in the Avatar world is like that Sparky Sparky Boom Man. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> yes. Who has the who yeah. has the eyeball, yes. the tattoo eyeball on his forehead? <laughs> it's not a tattoo. It's an actual eyeball. I thought it was a tattoo. No, it's an actual eyeball. Oh, it's weird as shit. Anyways, I just I love a. Sparky Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Sparky Man. Yes. Boom Man. <laughs> yes. And the name caught on. I think Sokka named him. Yeah. And yep. everyone was like, what? That's a stupid name. And then they just started calling him Sparky Sparky yeah. Boom Man. Yep. Like, yep. I like out, Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Everybody knows exactly know. who they're talking about. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I like how they kind of brought him back uh, a little bit in Legend of Korra. I don't know if you guys have seen it. but I watched most of them, but not all. Okay, so... Zuko, as an old man, he's like 80 or 90 or something, I don't even know. He's going to this ice prison, and he's like, you know, I hired somebody who's just like this to kill the Avatar once. And it's like, what the fuck? But they're going to visit (laughs) this uh, chick who has the same exact powers. I I don't know if she's a descendant or whatever. Has Mm. to be. But a chick that has the same exact powers, eye thing, um, she thinks it, and boom, there's explosions and shit. So, sparky, sparky, boom lady okay yeah but yeah so zuko kind of plays it off like oh yeah i did the i hired a guy just like this once <laughs> it's like what yeah i love it yeah yeah i dig it i guess that's i guess that could also fall into the same trope as the monk is the the character who must you know i must defend my honor and thanks for my honor like how zuko was in the first you know yeah. sort of half of the the show yeah like that's a that's another old trope that falls on monks or you know other characters who you know are asian by descent because that's just the way that media has been portraying them you know that that's their story is that they they must have honor and it's it's tired yeah tried to play a monk and i'm just bouncing it off you guys the monk (laughs) like i said just before discipline discipline with your body to achieve amazing fighting prowess what if he wasn't disciplined you know what i'm saying he was just a normal dude like a drunken yeah that's what i was kind of just like he's growing as this monk but he's just like all of a sudden getting better but he's not training whatsoever like isn't like (laughs) spider-man yeah isn't there a 5e drunken monk subclass Yes, I specifically. I know there is in Pathfinder. I know I've, there is in Pathfinder. An official I'm taking one. it back. It, I don't know if there's would it be specifically, or would you just RP it that way? Way of the drunken way. Yeah. I, again, I know Pathfinder does for sure an official one. Oh. I know that there are uh, homebrew classes of the drunken master. I don't know mm-hmm. if there is an official five E. I don't know. Um. I mean, there's one coming up on wiki five yeah. D five e wiki dot but that doesn't mean anything right it doesn't say what there's no source from. yeah so oh 
Drunken Master Monk 5e subclass series. There's a video. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to look it up before. Our yeah, player. man. But, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that would be pretty cool. It's just being a normal dude, and it's like, why all of a sudden is he yeah, getting good? Yeah, it's just going to give you the standard stuff. Because to me, that almost seems like it could be mystical in the sense that he's awakening hidden powers almost. Like, you could yeah. make it almost religious in a secular kind of way. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because I think key, the key points, key is a pretty, like, good concept for, like, the balance, the secular thing that you're trying to harness power from. Like the Dalai Lama, he was chosen, and they have to find the chosen one, he's the chosen one, and he's just getting his powers and shit, adventuring. Yeah. Sure. Oh, wait. Hold on. Wait, how does that work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like that meme of that kombucha girl. (laughs) No. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it it sounds good on paper. Right. I mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, the only way you're going to know is if you try to play it. Pretty much, yeah. I'd love to be able to play one day. One day. Oh, Draken Rider just has to stop working like a madman. And then we get back in our other campaign. Stop popping out babies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we all need to stop doing that. I I, I stopped. I did it. <laughs> I'm a recovering <laughs> <Yeah>. parent. <laughs> <laughs> it's been four years since my last baby. It's been five months since my last two. You're on the road to recovery, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> uh, and it looks like the last one that we have on our list here for D&D tropes and D&D class stereotypes is the hippie druid. Slash stoner. Yeah. Yeah, hippie slash stoner druid. Which Yaka uh, has a build for already. Yeah. By Absolutely. Way. I want to yeah. do it. I want to go yeah. all the way. I know. So I guess maybe I'll add, like, yeah, we we do have builds for these. We do want to play them because as much of a trope and as much of a stereotype as it is, sometimes it's fun to give in to yes. stereotypes. <laughs> you yeah. know, sometimes it's just easier to be a hippie druid that's high or smoking whatever kind of, you know thing that's going on and making flower crowns and talking to animals like it's easy to do it yeah. that's why people the party's do it over yeah. there planning how they're gonna do this and you're over there lighting up a joint waiting for them to get done <laughs> man <laughs> you got that long bottom leaf yep <laughs> but at the same time if you want to be creative and make some kind of like crazy weird fucking scientist-ish type druid that wants to experiment on things go for it i'm all for that or <laughs> a warforged a warforged druid man yeah that's kind of weird that, that looks so fun it does it really does because warforged don't have to be all metal because to so to me like i would almost build the druid almost in like the idea of a ranger you know, like he's in touch with the land and he's just kind of a guide 
but he's not, in my opinion, as aggressive and direct as a ranger. Because he has spells to kind of get rid of whatever right. problems yeah. that come across. And he could just be a guide. Yeah, so more of like a beast master. Kind of sort yeah. not, not so much beast like master. a Legolas mm-hmm. type ranger. Yeah. Well, druid. Yeah. It'd be like. Well, yeah, 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 druid. Well, yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's nice. But yeah, hippie <laughs> druid, stoner druid. I mean, yeah, you can be the stoner again. Yaka's already built this one. You can be the stoner druid that uses plant growth to grow all of your fucking pot. Dude, quit giving I mean, away my whole kick. I'm just saying. <laughs> what? That's, How do that you is... know this, dude? Like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can. I was hearing I was hearing somebody talk about their stoner druid that they have, which I mean, again, it's it's easy to fall back on. It was a turtle, and he would grow his own herbs on his tortoise shell. And I'm like, oh, I'm okay fuck, with that. That's cool. God damn it, yes, that's cool. That is bad. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That is creative. Yeah. yeah, you just got to put your own spin on it. Exactly. I, of course, you can be a hippie, Drew. You know, I think we started out this episode with, "You're a, you know, you're a Legolas <laughs> Ranger. You're stupid. Why would you do that? You're a be horny bard. Be original. No. Right, and now we're all like, yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah. I, so certain certain classes, certain tropes. I mean, go for it if you can't think of anything else or you just really want to play it like we have some of ours that we really want to play and like mess with go right ahead um but horny bard don't don't fuck everything don't do it <laughs> legless ranger don't do it it's just not worth it guys do the stupid dumb barbarian though once just to get it out of your system yeah because you're probably going to be a murder <laughs> hobo at that you point. mean the one i didn't get to play yeah, <laughs> yeah that one yeah, and I guess maybe on the opposite side of the coin of don't do it, you know what? Sometimes you don't have the opportunity to play in a game often. Yeah. And you can you know that you can role play a Legolas type ranger. That's something that you can pull from. And you don't have the opportunity to play a lot, like <laughs> use Legolas as a jumping off point. Use him as a sort of just a, a twinkle in his eye of what your ranger is going to be. Don't base him completely off of a already made person or character. Yeah. Cuz it's at it's at that point that, you know, the rest of your party that spent probably spent time on their characters and their backstories, they look over to you who picked him out of a movie well a book <laughs> whatever but let's be honest it's a movie it, we mean we mean legolas yeah. in the movies yeah because you know unfortunately most people have not read the books um i i can say that i have not read the books i'm sorry but i have seen the director's extended cuts multiple times on those movies yeah that's that's how much i've kind of gotten into it um, I only watch the director's extended cuts oh. of all movies. Oh, I watch the man. director's commentary versions of Look all at you. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> but yeah, I do it. And at the same the same note as far as like your your party, the rest of the party spent time creating these characters. 
maybe you are filling a hole in the party where somebody just kind of ditched them. They're like, hey, we need somebody yeah. really quick. Okay, yeah. cool. You got 10 minutes. Pick one that you know. Pick pick a trope. Mm-hmm. And again, build off of it later on. But you've got 10 minutes. Don't have time for backstory. Just go. I mean, I like yeah. my druid because, yeah, I built him to be a hippie. But at the same time, he has ties to the, a city that he just... yeah. Like, he's fighting one way, because that's what he feels, but, like, he keeps falling back into the city life, because he enjoys it. Yeah, and you've put a lot of thought into that character, and kind of the story that you want to play off of, so it works. It's typical, but at the same time, I'm trying to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're not just trying to be a stoner playing a game. Yeah, build off of the pop culture that you know in your brain, the books that you know, the TV shows, you know, movies. They're great resources for you to pull that information to create your own original character. (laughs) Yeah, and there's so many other resources out there. Use the books. Use the D&D books, the official guides. Use, and even the homebrew stuff, as long as your DM approves. Because homebrew can be super OP. Yeah. So if you find something you love, send it to the DM. If they say yes, go for it. If they say Talk no, yes. maybe try and adjust it or ask them, okay, right. what would you change to make it good? Talk to your DMs. Yes. They are the ones who are also running this world. If you're having a hard time finding how you fit in, they'll help you fit in because they should know I'm not saying that a DM should know every single thing about the world. That's, unless you're Matt Mercer, (laughs) uh, that's almost impossible. But they should know something about the city that you start in and maybe a town on the outskirts and help guide you, help you fit into the campaign uh, and just help you along with your character because DMs love to talk about Dungeons and Dragons yep. or any other TTRPGs. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Absolutely. that. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think dungeon masters are too into D anD D. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> they're not obsessed with their worlds. Not at all, what are you talking about? Like you just throw that shit together. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no pre planning whatsoever. <laughs> Um, to be fair, our other campaign, that's the case. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You, I don't you, put anything together. You are letting us play the world how yeah. we want to. And, it's like, yeah. hey, here's a town. You're going there. And I think okay, mm-hmm. I think it's cool because it's going to totally strengthen your skills of just like throwing random shit out and having yeah. it make sense. Yeah, I mean, what was that, that last... Uh, can't not campaign the, the last, last session. episode that we had yes yeah the last session that we, i said episode fuck that's okay <laughs> <laughs> they're not episodes i mean some of the one shots are going to be episodes so guys watch out for those because we've got some really fucking weird ones yeah if uh if it isn't posted before this one is put up uh we got a nice uh, horse-based one-shot that we, we did yep. that was pretty fun. We have mentioned it briefly in episode three. Um, if That should be up by then. But um, yeah, so uh, when we do post that horse episode, it will have the rules included. So if you want to play along, go right ahead. And mm-hmm. there will be a link to um, where we found it to you know give a tribute to. Credit where credit is due. Right. I made up none of those rules. I 
you know, I used it that it was an open source game. Uh, I, I used it because I had, you know, three minutes to prep before the yeah. game started. Yeah. And we recorded it and we were like, you know what? Yeah, we'll make it an episode. So it's going to be not our <laughs> usual format. No, we spent no, more no, time no. building pictures of our characters than preparing for <laughs> <laughs> I spent yes. more time on a My Little Pony horse generator <laughs> than I did actually, like, prepping for the game. Right. Yeah. Which... No, it's just uh, fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's so fine. don't... Please don't question my skills. No. No. <laughs> you got... And you, so... Yeah, you gotta be able to plan, but you gotta be able to roll with stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, going back to, uh, like, characters and stuff, the, the actual episode... Um, (laughs) tangent over yeah so going back to that as players um if if you have ideas or if you have a new player in the group who has no idea what they're doing help them absolutely help them do not look down on them because they're new or they made stupid decisions help them and teach them as to why the fuck that's a stupid decision (laughs) <laughs> to dump your strength stat as a barbarian. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. help them out. Do it. If they if they don't have a backstory, it's okay. Help them kind of figure one out. We have mm-hmm. new players in our campaigns regularly. Usually they're spouses, um, but we do. It It happens. New players happen, and it's fantastic. But if your DM is new and they're making a homebrew campaign as a player help them out make a backstory for your character talk to your dm to see how that backstory can tie into their world because they may not have even thought of it but doing that enriches both the world and everybody's playing experience so yeah it, it brings the world a lot closer to a player who may not have been um sort of connected or feels ingrained in the world but if you let them say yeah i grew up in this town what's the name of the town this all right you just named the town my friend they're gonna be excited when they go back to that town that they named they're gonna be excited to see npcs that they put in their backstory well okay depending on the context of how they're in your backstory they may not be very excited but l warren says hi (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i could just pee his pants yeah a little bit <sighs> that was a good talk guys i liked it we i think we we softened our stances we were able to <laughs> identify that maybe you can do that it's all right to do it just you know try not to try not to work on it a little bit build off of it yep. ask for mm-hmm. help I will say my first character was a Legolas type character. He was a, I think, elf or half-elf ranger. Mine was the dumb was barbarian. Legolas. Yeah. So, it happens. First, Your first character is probably going to be a trope. Because that's how you know it. Right. Yeah. But Very easy. Yeah. If you want to be creative, go for it. If you are a veteran player, don't go with the trope. But, it's boring. But grow up. Like, seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Listen to Yaka. He knows what he's talking about. 
He but knows twenty percent of the time. Twenty percent of the time, one hundred percent of the time. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you know what? This episode it makes me think mm, we can expand on these tropes because we just talked about uh, character classes. We could go with races next. Yeah. Everybody Whoa. knows the the board and ha- you know haughty ha- uh, elf. Everybody knows the drunken dwarf. You know, we can talk about those next I mean, time. Yeah. I mean, race is a real issue right now in the world. <laughs> I don't know if we should it touch is. on half orcs. It is. People Especially... get sensitive about that. <laughs> I know. And then you've got Tasha's Cauldron coming out with the new race rules. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're optional rules, guys. If you if you don't want to deal with the whole racial issues, this and that, you know, whatever. They're optional. You don't have to use them. So don't get up in arms. Everything is optional, right. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we're if we're gonna talk about it for real, everything is optional. <laughs> right. Yes. So don't go up in arms like, oh my god, why are they making such a big deal about this? Blah blah blah. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Stop. Stop bitching about it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. The book's not even out yet. Yeah, and if you don't like it, then that's clearly not the system for you to play. You know? The Talk to your DM. See if they agree with you or on your same side. Maybe you can move on to something else. Maybe you can write out, you know, those type of stereotypes in general. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's all about the table that you play with. Because some table, the every table table has their own play style. Yep. Yep. Everyone has their own play style, beliefs, this, that, whatever. Respect the players, the DMs. All of that. All rules are optional yeah. to an extent. Yeah. Spell rules aren't optional. Listen to those. No. no, sorry. Range is range. Read your spells. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Read your spells. Pro tip. Oh, that, that's going to be the name of this episode. Read your spells. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with the rest of the episode. I've already created the cover ah! art. Read your spells. Jeez, ah, thanks a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> This has been another episode of Busy Adults. Thanks. <laughs> this is Yaka saying thank you again for listening to the Busy Adults podcast. For more of our content, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Peace. Peace.